and welcome to the latest edition of Seattle Nice. I'm David Hyde here with Erica C. Barnett of Publicola. Erica, what have you been up to on this sunny, what is it, Wednesday? Today, Thursday? Thursday. Today's Thursday. I don't know. I went to my Thursday, Thursday evening. Yeah. What do you, what are you, uh, uh, I went to the fitness studio. Um, I go to a cultish uh, fitness outfit, and they uh, they had lost their power. So I had to come home, which is why um, this is great for a, an audio medium. I am decked out of my workout clothes with nowhere to go. Nice. And Sandeep, what about you? I don't know. I had a busy day, but I I, had, I walked up to um, uh, actually the Four Seasons to have lunch with wow. some friends. So how's that? That seems yeah. fancy. That that makes my life sound a lot more a lot fancier than it actually is. No, but I mean you I have this incredible level. lighting that's with with the light just coming in through the shade <laughs> on your face. It's if I wish everybody could see it. It's really quite quite striking. Um, but we're going to do a video broadcast one of these days, right? Oh yeah, YouTube, YouTube, yes, yeah. or something happen. like that. Yeah. Today we got a double header, another double header. Bruce Harrell's niece, Monisha Harrell, out as senior deputy mayor. We're going to be getting into that, but first. Downtown is you, Sandeep Kashik. Downtown is you, Erica Barnett. It's you, Seattle. It's you, Seattle Nice listeners. And that's the latest slogan coming out of the mayor's office to describe his new downtown activation plan. Downtown is you. The first thing I really want to ask is, I wasn't at the press conference. I didn't cover this, Erica. What does downtown is you mean? I like it. You know, I think it means that it was the URL they could get. (laughs) And and that's about all there is to it. I you know I don't know. It's 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 pretty cheesy as branding goes. Um, I don't you know ask Bruce Harrell what it, what the hell it means. But you know I will say he did say one Seattle at the end of his comments. So I think that slogan for Harrell is still going strong. But uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the website downtownisyou.com. dot com. And what, what what did he roll out? What is this new downtown activation plan? Well, I mean, new is a little bit of a stretch for a lot of it. Um, so, the latest downtown activity. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, literally, you know, there's it's a 99 page or so plan. It has seven bullet points, and underneath all of those, there are you know multiple more bullet points, and a lot of them are things that the mayor has already announced, like plans to do an opiate recovery site somewhere in the city like plans to, you know, continue arresting drug dealers was one of the bullet points. And, you know, I mean, I think that the announcement yesterday mostly focused on the uh, the retail aspects of the plan. So we're going to, you know, make Seattle a place where people want to come, even if they are not necessarily coming to jobs here, even if they're not commuting in like they used to, we want Seattle to be a place to, to, to come. So it's a lot of sort of park activation stuff, reopening City Hall Park, which they did earlier this month and a lot of sort of place-based, you know, uh, the usual, let's put Connect Four boards in parks. And so, yeah, so it's a lot of activations. There's, um, in addition to that, there's some substantive legislative stuff that's going to do some small rezones to allow a lot more housing on a few blocks of downtown. And, you know, big news, they're closing down or, or permanently closing half a block of Pike Street adjacent to Pike Place Market, but not actually closing down the market itself to car traffic. All right, Sandeep Kashik, once again, the mayor saying he's serious now. It's the downtown is you activation plan. This one is going to work and and assuage some of the concerns that commercial interests in Seattle have about what's been happening downtown, right? Downtown is me. Downtown is you, David. Downtown is all of us. Yeah. Um, Right. I mean, uh, you know, it, it was a little confusing because while my memory is getting pretty full of holes in my encroaching old age, 
I do remember them making the downtown revitalization plan announcement back in April, which wasn't all that long ago. So I, this is really the next iteration of, you know, what, as Erica said, was something they announced a, a few months back. It has, I think, a lot of the same elements. And at the core of it is the idea that it's a sort of tacit admission that downtown is the place where huge numbers of people commute into every day to go to work is not going to happen at the same levels post-pandemic. You know, a lot of companies are going to hybrid models or even sticking with work from home so that there needs to be some other way to attract people to downtown. And their thought is to make it a kind of lively, vital arts and cultural magnet that brings people downtown to enjoy a panoply of, of various sorts of opportunities. And I think that's that's a perfectly fine thought. And I thought the announcement that they rolled out got good media attention yesterday and I thought was sort of generally pretty positive. But, you know, as we've said before about a lot of this stuff, the devil's going to be in the details. And so it remains to be seen as to sort of how much a lot of this small bore stuff is going to be able to make up or compensate for the lack of people commuting in five days a week to go to work. Um, the other thing I will say is, you know, I, I still think the, the public safety side of this, the public safety side of the equation remains a little bit thin. Yeah, there's the talk about continuing to arrest drug dealers. I'm not sure what that actually means or or what's different about that in practice from what's been going on before. But there are clearly at least perceptions of public safety issues around downtown that at least so far have not, I don't think, been fully addressed by the Herald administration. I, so I think that's a clear issue and weakness, perhaps, in the plan. I, I mean, I think one really interesting thing that happened yesterday, and, and David, uh, you weren't there, so perhaps you saw some of the, the video of it, but it was loud. There, were, was, a, there was a small group of protesters, and uh, they were yelling, stop the sweeps, and uh, anti-Herald slogans, and, 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 you know, frankly, defying uh, the notion that there aren't enough cops. There were, you know, five or six police officers, along with several park rangers and other security folks, just right on top of the these, uh, these young protesters. And it really kind of, um, in, in, in a way that I thought was interesting to watch, it, I think it changed the tone of the whole event because Harold went down to try to talk to them and basically talk them out of yelling. And that didn't work, obviously. Um, they said, you know, we don't, we don't trust your promises when you promise to meet with us. And I think that's with good reason. And so he just kind of got back up there and started, you know, saying things like, uh, you know, they're not protesting, they're not demonstrating, they're just yelling, and that's pointless, and I don't see anybody I grew up with over there, and how dare anyone say that I sweep encampments, I would never, and uh, it became very um, pugnacious for what was supposed to be this kind of feel-good event about food trucks and, you know, um, downtown uh, pickleball courts and that sort of thing, and, you know, and became much more about Harold saying that it, it was absurd to suggest that he would ever sweep an encampment. And, um, and, and, and also just kind of focusing on the public safety element of, of this. And, you know, the, the, the stuff that I think Harold, you know, is drawn to talk about, like, as you said, Sandeep, you know, arresting people who are committing drug felonies and, you know, the law that is about to pass is going to allow, uh, cops to arrest people who are committing misdemeanors, just possessing drugs. So I don't know what his planned remarks were, but I would say he went quite off script because of uh, these protesters who were yelling at him the whole time. Look, I think the protesters are a freaking gift to Bruce. Uh, honestly, like there's like zero sympathy 
Uh, zero is too strong. They're, they're, obviously, there's a base of people who who agree with the protesters, but them trying to shout down the mayor as he's sort of doing his downtown activation plan, I think it just spurs significant public sympathy for the mayor and kind of gives him a foil to point to and say, you know, I, I frankly think it's pretty discrediting for the left to have these like, you know. Well, said if you don't think the left 19-year-old, period. 19-year-old zealots like yelling at the mayor about sweeps, you know, or whatever, right? Like just kind of like, okay. Well, I don't, I, I mean, obviously the mayor didn't think just kind of like, okay. I mean, he responded very forcefully. And I think this stuff really gets under his skin. I mean, we, we can talk about this a little more in the context of talking about Monisha Harrell being out, but I think, yeah. I think he is very, I mean, criticism, even if it's coming from people that, you know, you, Sandeep, dismiss as zealots. Um, I, I would, uh, I would say that, you know, opposing- uh, Most of the city dismisses Opposing zealots, in Canva yeah. removals is actually not zealotry. It's a political position that a lot of people have, but you know, I, I I think this stuff really does bother him, and I, and you know, and I think it it kind of brings out this this pugnacious, you know, and maybe maybe that does help him. I'm not saying you know with his yeah. his voting base it doesn't, but um, but I think I also think that you're very glibly dismissive of anybody who has views, you know, whether they're 19 or you know 49. Uh, that that uh-huh. you disagree with, and that that the mayor disagrees with. So you know, uh, dismissing we, we, people because of how they. Election. I mean, the mayor did that. He dismissed the people because of their age and how they look. He said, "I didn't grow up with any of these people." Well, the mayor's sixty four years old, and yeah, these were these were young people because that's who activists tend to be. Yeah, I think that they were they were they were not interested in a dialogue, and they were yelling and dis- and disruptive and trying well, to. That's, you know, that's what, what a protest whatever. is. I, a protest isn't about yeah, like yeah. being about a polite dialogue. I don't know. Like I, mean, I said. The mayor. Uh, I, I agree with you that the that the mayor does get his back. I mean, we used to see that at the city council, right? When someone would bring in her red shirts and they'd be like yelling at the council members at the dais. Like Bruce would, you know, take umbrage at that, right? Don't and, they? Don't they all take umbrage at? Doesn't every Seattle liberal slash progressive take umbrage at being protested against? <laughs> Isn't that just kind of no? Some of them like. Uh, kowtow to it. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Like the protest of the sideshow was like a small number of people. Yeah, maybe they knocked the mayor off his game a little bit, whatever. Like I actually think it probably plays to his benefit politically, the whole thing, but you know, well, it's a, it's a sort of sideshow distraction. We had an election where one of the candidates ran on stopping the sweeps and got killed. Well, in that election by this that was, that was a very right? long so, time ago. At this so, point. so elections have consequences, kids. All right, you guys want to want to stop the sweeps? Win an election. Yeah, I mean, spoken like a true. How old are you, Sandeep? Are you sure you're not a boomer? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm first year Gen X. I'm first year Gen X. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like almost last year Gen X. So you know, therein therein lies the the crux of this podcast. Oh my god, yeah. it's the Cusper show. Cusper versus Cusper. Did you hear me say whatever? Right, I have the total Gen X. Whatever. Okay, Cusper. <laughs> yeah, it didn't feel like a whatever. So Manisha Harrell, uh, you brought up Manisha Harrell, who uh, you know played a pretty big role so far in the Herald administration, as far as I can tell, behind the scenes. She, she's she been prominently a part of the Herald administration's policy. So this seems like a, a pretty significant shakeup. And it seems, though, that there are differences of opinion about exactly, well, not so much what happened, but but what it means. And I think the two of you 
also disagree about what this uh, shakeup means. So who wants to start? How about Erica Barnett? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we disagree. I I, 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 I don't know. That we oh, do yes, either. you do. Uh-huh. You, right, don't. Right, right. you don't. I'll, so, I'll figure we'll out how. So, uh, you know, to, to the point I was making earlier about, you know, Harold being, uh, frankly, a little thin-skinned, what I've heard is that this, there was a Seattle Times editorial that basically called him AWOL on the problem of, you know, public drug use, particularly downtown, you know, and said, where is he? Why isn't he taking, you know, a hardline position? You know, why is he, you know, going on about this space needle thinking bullshit when he's not, when he's not cracking down on, on drug users, when he's not taking a hardline? And that apparently really, really, really got under his skin. There was a big blow up behind the scenes at the mayor's office uh, about this. And I think that that played, you know, a significant role uh, in at least like precipitating this decision that Monisha Harrell uh, was out the door. This was Where Was Seattle Mayor Bruce Harrell in the debate on public drug use, that one, June 7th. And Monisha Harrell has been a sort of public safety deputy mayor with a a large portfolio, but some of it is public safety. And I think she has clashed with other people within the mayor's office and probably the mayor himself, you know, and how hard a line to take about some of these, you know, these issues that are arguably social issues, but that are also criminal justice issues like drug addiction. And community court as well, which was which was yeah. another issue that I think that they may have uh, not entirely seen eye to eye on. So I disagree somewhat with Erica here that that this was really about you know the immediate fallout from the you know the five four city council vote to reject incorporating the the new state compromise law. No, I said it precipitated public- it. To be clear, I didn't say it was all about right. Right. I mean, I, I I think this has been brewing for a while in the mayor's office. Um, first of all, Manisha is a Singularly important figure, David. I think you were actually underestimating her her power and influence in the mayor's office. Um, she was not only the mayor's niece, but was his campaign manager during his campaign, and then was installed as senior deputy mayor and controlled. Didn't a number I say she played a? I don't want to. I don't want to belabor the. Didn't I say she played a huge role? What, what did I? You said she 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 played an important role or something. I don't know. Like like as big as you made a role out to me, it's even bigger than that. Is what I'm saying to you. Like like she had she had significant control uh, over operations on a lot of different fronts. The probably the highest profile one was certainly all the operational stuff related to public safety flowed through Manisha. But things like the 911 alternative plan or police recruitment efforts, all of that stuff was part of Monisha's portfolio uh, at the office. So there's a lot of high-profile stuff there. And there, as Erica alluded to, there have been longstanding, I think, tensions and disagreements within the mayor's office. I think significantly centered, but not entirely centered around approaches to public safety and how to play some of those some of those issues. So those have been going on almost since day one within the Herald administration. And so I do think there were tensions with various key players in the leadership team of the mayor uh, that finally came to a head right around this drug vote. And um, the decision was made to, to have Manisha move on. Uh, I, I do think it's a significant development. There's going to be a major re-rack of the mayor's office. They're adding now a fourth deputy mayor. Well, really, two. They've announced that that two people in the office, um, Tim Burgess, former city council member, as well as Adiem Emery, Adiem Emery, Adiem Emery. Thing, yeah, are both going to be promoted now to deputy mayor. So now they're going to be four deputy mayors in the office, as well as I understand it, a chief operating officer and a chief of staff, Jeremy Rocca. And so it seems like a very unusual or org chart 
I think, right now. Well, it's very top-heavy. Yeah. I think it's, or you I could think say very flat in some ways, you know, or very flat at the top. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's uh, you know, if not a majority of the mayor's staff, half the mayor's staff, you know, direct reports are going to be deputy mayors. I mean, I think Tim Burgess is obviously a former city council member, you know, obviously much more inclined in the direction of punitive approaches to things like drug use, to things like shoplifting, Sunday if your favorite. But I think it, you know, we have to see sort of how, how things shake out in terms of their portfolio. Burgess wouldn't tell me what his portfolio is going to be um, when I talked to him uh, a couple days ago. I mean, it's, it's a shakeup that could, I think, send the mayor's office more in the direction that, that he is already inclined to go politically, because I think Monisha probably pushed back on some of his, uh, you know, his ideas that uh, she disagreed with. You know, in addition to her having a really outsized role at the mayor's office, what I have heard, you know, internally um, from department heads and also from folks, you know, at the city council, although they work fine with Bruce Harrell on, you know, a lot of issues, um, is that she's really going to be missed because she sits down, she takes the time and she listens to people in the departments and she changes her mind and she takes it back to the mayor and things just run really smoothly. And so I've just heard, you know, over and over again, it's, you know, it's devastating that Monisha is leaving just for sort of the, the, the smooth running of the city. Um, now take that, you know, with whatever grain of salt you will, Sandy, because <laughs> I can uh, I can sense you know, you're pushing back. But, uh, you know, that is that is just what, what I keep hearing is that she was very easy to work with and um, was somebody that uh, seemed to, you know, willing to work with the, de- the departments rather than thinking of herself as someone who was over the departments and telling them what to do. Yeah, and so let me just say really clearly, I, I like Manisha, and I think she's a smart and talented person. It doesn't surprise me. I've heard similar things from from folks, too, that, you know, they had a really good working relationship with Manisha on, you know, whatever particular set of issues they were working on together, and that uh, obviously are now wondering, like, what's going to happen and who the point person is going to be on their issue and how's that all going to work out or, or shake out. So I do think, you know, I, I, I don't disagree with what you were saying. I, I, I do think sometimes in the mayor's office, there was a kind of pantomime horse quality to how the sort of mayor's office worked, where it, it, it wasn't that unusual to hear the mayor go out in public and kind of say one thing about, say, his approach to this or that related to public safety, and then kind of see the actual operations of the city and the mayor's office and the bureaucracy kind of go in a somewhat different and sometimes significantly different direction from what the, you know, public announcement from the mayor was. And I think that was an indication that sometimes the mayor and some of the other people in the senior staff weren't in the same place that Manisha Harrell, who was actually kind of running a lot of the operation stuff was. And so there was a sort of like the front of the horse seems to be pulling over here, but the back of the horse is going in the opposite direction sometimes. And there was, there was enough of that going on that it certainly raised some eyebrows as well about, hmm, like, where are they really? And, you know, what's real and what's not? So I do think that probably gets better now um, because there's less internal division and maybe less internal disagreement, but, but we'll see. I don't know that I agree that everyone falling in line behind the leader is necessarily good leadership or that it's necessarily good to get rid of the person who's pushing back. Having everybody saying yes is, uh, you know, there's there's a phrase for that. I think it's called yes men. 
<laughs> and that's not necessarily yeah. a good thing for, especially when you're running a government. Right. But neither is a, a very factionalized mayor's office. And I think that was part of the, the reality, right, of what was happening there before. So, I mean, I think it remains to be seen how the mayor's office functions. And I don't actually think the org chart is particularly reflective of how power actually flows in the in the mayor's office, particularly with this revamp. And so so I think it's it remains an open question about, you know, who's going to end up doing what and, you know, who's going to have the, the, the mayor's ear and and on what issues. And I, I think, you know, we'll see. Right. I, I will say this, though. You know, it's funny because the left is sort of already from the day Bruce Harrell came into office, it sort of turned the dial up to 11. Like, oh, my God, this fascist, sweeping, reactionary fascist Bruce Harrell. And yet, like his senior deputy mayor, as you said, was much more aligned kind of with the left of the city than. Um, well, the senior deputy mayor has nothing to do with sweeps. That's, you know, the the homelessness policy is the other well, deputy the senior, mayor. The senior deputy mayor oversaw all of the operational side of public safety. Right. right? But you're and saying so- <laughs> you're saying people calling Bruce Harrell a fascist, which I think you are once again responding to a very small number, probably ha- less than half a dozen uh-huh. people on Twitter that you happen to be annoyed. By, <laughs> but but in any case, I mean, I you know, Tiffany Washington is over homelessness. She was Durkin's uh, deputy mayor, um, implementing yeah. Durkin's policies, and she was you know the she was at the human services department under Durkin. So you know, she's mm. definitely not. Uh, you know, if you're going to blame Onisha Harrell for the sweeps policy, I think that is um, misplaced blame or misplaced credit, I, I, as, you I, would, I, I, as you would I, probably I, see it. I did not blame her for anything, really, other than saying she oversaw the public safety portfolio. And there were sometimes it seemed like, again, that that um, maybe she and the mayor weren't always always 100 percent aligned on that stuff. That, you know, that seems, I don't know, evident to people who are watching stuff go down closely. Um, But given that, like, there's been this like, oh, my God, Bruce Earl's so terrible and blah, 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 blah. And like. Now that Manisha's leaving, where do you turn the dial? Do you turn it? Is there a 12 on the dial? Like, like, how do we get to like, you know, <laughs> I find the old, I mean, you know. Sunday, like, I, I think, I think it would be, it would behoove you to like, get off Twitter, stop being agitated by eight protesters at a Bruce Harrell event and see. Get off Twitter. You're the one that's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter reading you and your ditto head minions all day. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's not a good place to end. Let's just do like a quick kicker here at the end, uh, which is, is this a good week given that the Supreme Court just made a major, major, at least one major ruling to roll out your your next leg of signature legislation in your career, as Shama Sawant will be doing tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. with rent control? This is something she's been talking about for years. It seems like a little bit of a tough week to do it when everybody's going to be talking about affirmative action, but still, it's going to be... I think having an impact on these upcoming city council races, Sandeep Kaushik, I don't know how you, where you stand on the issue of rent control, but I'm curious how you think it's going to play politically in Seattle. I, I don't know, David, that it's all that big a deal. I mean, yawn. First of all, Shama Sawant's been talking about rent control since like, you know, time immemorial, like back in the Paleolithic age when she first got elected to the council. Secondly, it's not something the city has the authority to do, right? It would require a legislative change in Olympia, which is not even remotely on the horizon. So it's just kind of more, you know, I don't know what this legislation is. I haven't seen the details of it. So I, I will say that this with, with that caveat, but if it's like, oh, we're going to create some kind of 
trigger a law where if rent, rent control is somehow legalized at the state level, we'll do it at the city, whatever. It's more just, it's kind of just more performative bullshit that would kind of of the stuff we always get from. That That's get exactly from what it is. It, right. is. it is a trigger law, which is why I asked, you know, what you. Right. It's a trigger the, law without a trigger. Who knows what the state's going to do? It's funny if that's probably true. Um, you know, I think we know. But what I was going to say is I think that this would have much more of an impact on the election, David, if if Shama Sawant was running again and not a lame, yeah. dunk who, a lame yeah. duck who's leaving and sort of trying as a last gasp effort to make this happen um, sort of on her way out the door. I think doing major legislation in the summer is really tricky. Um, and I doubt that she actually believes that this is going to get any momentum with her council colleagues. But, uh, you know, they'll have a hearing. And I think I see that there's, uh, you know, a rank and file worker and a socialist alternative speaker um, queued up to talk tomorrow. I mean, I'll be watching. I'm interested in, in seeing, you know, if I'm wrong, but uh, haven't been wrong so far. And as Sandeep said, you know, I wouldn't say that Sawant's been there since the Paleolithic era, but, you know, she is the most senior <laughs> member of the city council. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she hasn't gotten it done so far. So, and again, this is just a trigger law. So you would think, oh, it has no impact. So why wouldn't they just pass it? But I don't think that's going to happen. District 1, West Seattle, Marin Costa supports rent control, for example. So, I mean, I think it could be an issue in these races where you have candidates taking positions on it. Yeah, I've been to candidate forums this year and candidates are saying all kinds of shit that they're not going to actually adhere to if they're elected. I mean, candidates are saying, let's right. lit I-5. Candidates are saying, you know, I mean, yes, I like I support rent control, of course. I mean, they say that all the time. And I, and I would say I, I doubt that it's going to become the issue because I think the issues are going to be public safety and homelessness predictably enough. Yeah, but, absolutely. you know, but yeah, I mean, I think I think candidates will say all kinds of things when they're, you know, standing in front of a, a district Democrat organization and being told to hold up a sign that says yes or no. But that doesn't mean right. it's going to become a priority once the want's gone. Right. This may be kind of something, again, I'm, I'm, I'm apparently spending too much time on Twitter, um, but this may be something that, that gets Twitter all a Twitter, but like it's, you know, regular voters. I think most people see that it's not actually real and it's not happening and whatever, right? I mean, there's no ro even remotely plausible scenario where Olympia is suddenly going to authorize Seattle to do rent control in the foreseeable future. So again, it's kind of more performative bullshit from the queen of performative bullshit. Mm, tough, tough words from a from a well lit man. From someone who has never, <laughs> someone who has never participated in any performative bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I may have done my share of performative bullshit, but like she is, like I said, the queen of performative bullshit. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening to another edition of Seattle Nice, edited by Quinn Waller. Thanks so much to Quinn Waller. If you want to advertise on Seattle Nice, we're at Gmail. It's real Seattle Nice at Gmail. If you want to tweet at us, it's also real Seattle Nice at Twitter. Uh, I think that's it. Thanks everybody so much for listening. 